Hi, Natalie. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good, good. This is exciting. So for those of you who are tuning into this uh, interview, this is Natalie Fortin. We're so excited to have her share with us today. Um, Natalie is part of our church community, and um, her girls are also part of our youth ministry, which is, uh, which is awesome. Natalie is a doctor. She's um, in her last year of residency. She, her home base is the Montreal Children's Hospital, but currently she's working, right? You told me you're working at Valleyfield Hospital, right? Mm -hmm. So it's awesome. So good to have you. And uh, just as we start off, tell us a little bit about yourself or something about yourself that we can get to know you a bit. All right. So I'm uh, married. I, my, uh, we're going to be celebrating 20 years of anniversary within a couple of weeks, my husband and I. And as you mentioned before, I'm a mom of two amazing girls um, who make me a better person every day. And uh, um, I'm... Uh, have to struggle between all my roles. I think that we all have been given different roles and responsibilities, like callings to become, to be a, a daughter of God, to be a wife, to be, um, to be, you know, we all have different roles and mine in particular are those like being a daughter of God, being a mom, being a, a wife, but also with my, my calling, um, uh, as, as a doctor and as a resident doctor, there's a lot of, of responsibilities comes to that. And there's a lot of competition coming between all these different roles. And uh, it's a it's a loss, and uh, yeah, it, in this pandemic, it's got a, a brand new sense of challenge. <laughs> I could imagine. So this season for you, as a doctor, for sure, has been quite unique, and um, sometimes difficult or challenging. And and I would imagine also as a mom, there's been some challenges. So I'm just thinking, like whether it's the doctor side, the the mothering side, what what have been some challenges that you faced in this season? Um, I, th I think that a lot of uh, healthcare workers have been struggling with the idea of being exposed to the virus in this, in this pandemic. And it's not so much being personally exposed. In my case, I'm not part of the at-risk demographics, so I'm not overly concerned. And I really feel like it is my calling to serve in these times, and I'm not trying to shy away from my callings in these times when uh, I'm most needed in the community. So I have no problem to be to, to have that role. I find that what's been a challenge for me is the fact that I have some, some responsibilities um, within my home. And if I bring the virus at home, which is a possibility because I am exposed to some sick patients, um, then the impact that it would have on my family and more specifically on a personal basis is uh, my husband is part of the high risk uh, population uh, because of some congenital issues that, that he's had. So um, I, it makes it such that bringing this home could have some devastating impact. So trying to um, manage my responsibility and wanting to be present at home for my children and of course for, for, for my husband, but also realizing that if I am going to uh, do that, then I have to be very careful with my work. Um, and it was just, it was such a fine line and, and saying, how can I not expose my family and keep everyone safe? So what I've decided to do, and those are my personal challenges over the last little while, is that I've had to spend a lot of time not in my house. I've had to move out. And it's sort of strange to say that um, I am continue to be a mother and I continue to be the wife. And the best way I can do that is not to live with my family. Wow. Uh, so, so let me just stop you for a second. So you've... <laughs> You, you sense this calling as a doctor to and yeah. to be active in this season, not to draw back, right? 
and then yeah. yet you want to care for your home, uh, yeah. be present for your husband, for your daughters. Yeah. So this conflicting, really conflicting calling in a sense. And, and you had to wrestle with how to, how to make that work. Exactly. So right now I'm from inside my home, but there's a lot of restrictions of what I can and cannot do. Like I don't hug my kids. I can't do that anymore. And I can't, you know, there's a lot of little things like that that we have to put in place. Um, but uh, it wasn't always the case initially when it was all starting. And I was also in the biggest hotbed of, of this pandemic being Jewish at the time when it was raising. It was a completely different context and I had to completely isolate myself from my family. So, um, yeah, it's a very challenging calling um and it's funny how um we feel like we you know as the mom or as a parent like we are needed for our family and we need to be there for them which is true but it also the presence and being having that parenting role can take very different forms and i've had to um uh, let go of a lot of preconceived notions of how it is that I wanted to parent and figure out a way a little bit like this pandemic has been stretching us not just me like a lot of people to find different ways of doing things and mm. and finding ways to be productive and fruitful despite the circumstances that we're in yeah. and uh, parenting is one of them and for me like I've had to uh, be more creative in the way that I do it and, and, and accept that it's not going to be my way necessarily, yeah. but it's going to be yeah. another way that can really bring a lot of, of growing for my children and even for me as a parent, yeah, like yeah. how to do things a little bit differently. We're forced to, to figure out ways to, um, you know, move forward and be active and fulfill our calling. And so, wow, I commend you for that. That's amazing to hear. I can, I'm sure you can list a few other challenges, but I, I'd love to hear, and I'm sure others would love to hear, like, what what have are you grateful for in this season? What has come kind of to the top of your list of you know just saying I'm I've been I've noticed or I can be grateful for these things. Anything that that comes to you? Yes, absolutely. There's there's a few. There is um there is a beauty in the storm that we are oblivious to until we are confronted with it. It, it, it just was one thing after another, and I could see over and over how God was was. Uh, uh, answering my prayer and providing for me and for my family in order for it to uh, to be feasible. And there's a lot of uh, initiatives in the community also that uh, for, for people to help out the elderly or, or, or to move past um, the resistance to um, to go into uh, practice, you know, be nurses or, or volunteers uh, going in, in um, at these CS facilities and, and helping out there, like oftentimes it's completely out of their comfort zone and it's really beautiful to see. You said move past the resistance. What, what do you mean? There's like, there's a resistance internally in a nurse or there's a resistance because of what we're hearing, in, you know, in the news all the time. Like how, how would you describe that? Well, for example, I have a colleague, she is a pediatrician, um, so um, it's it's a different reality working with the elderly and working with children. You can imagine that our training is, is not, um, we're not quite prepared to deal with all the, the different realities of uh, dealing with the elderly. Um, but uh, she offered her services and she's there now working um, in, in a in the West Island and she had to overcome her own fear of being exposed uh, in a much more intensive way than she would with children and uh, and uh, being in, in a place of practice where it's not her expertise but being 
willing to be vulnerable and learn and and then just help out wherever she could so like this is just one example amongst many that i've been yeah. able to be a witness um around me and yeah this is the, yeah, yeah. these initiatives is, is really beautiful this, this and, really and that, that makes you grateful yeah, yeah absolutely oh so cool um where where are you seeing you know as a christ follower where where are you noticing god at work either in you um in your work in your home have you noticed god uh, doing things or up to something or just noticing his work anywhere in particular ways and maybe it's even just inside you but well yeah inside me is, a, is one that i can attest to for sure um i like what i've been uh, i've been really impressed with um this context that we live in and especially if you're right in the heat of the fire is very anxiety provoking for for most people and and for people on the front line also and seeing some of my colleagues and seeing um some of my uh my christian friends uh how they react to this i think that the natural tendency is to is is to be filled with with anxiety and to be filled with fear but seeing like how um within myself being inspired by other of my christian friends and with my own reading and my own time like being um uh inspired to like let go of the fear and and really like move past that fear move past that resistance and and then be filled with the peace of god in the midst of the circumstances regardless of what that looks like um it, you know something that um there's a saying that i really been uh, that i that i like to ponder on when I'm facing difficult times is that peace is not found in the absence of the storm. Peace is found in Christ in the storm. Mm -hmm. And I like, but the only way you can really experience that peace that surpasses understanding is, is when you're in the storm. It is not, if you're on a break on vacation, you don't have a lot of stress, then sure you can experience peace, but you don't have that extraordinary, uh, that you know that peace that comes from from the lord that in the same way that you can experience it when you're in the middle of the storm and jesus asks you to walk walk on water or jesus asks you to be you know completely out of what you would normally do and and be called to do to take some steps that you wouldn't normally take and then you you take that initial decision to do it and then you um so this is the moving past the resistance you know getting out of the boat and once you're in the water, if you continue, you keep your eyes on Jesus, then you can experience that peace in the midst of something that's very tumultuous. Yeah. But yet, this is where the miracle happens, where you have peace, even though the circumstances are not supposed to have you experience this peace. This yeah. is when you know it's from God and you get that experience. That's amazing because, yeah, I mean, unless you're walking in the storm, you it's hard to say, I, I knew God was with me in the middle of that, right? So... That's that's okay. awesome. One of my follow-up questions is going to. Sorry, go on. Go on. Uh, that, that verse from Philippians four seven, the peace that surpasses understanding, is something I go back to a lot too. Like it's not when we say that this peace doesn't surpasses understanding, it means like it surpasses circumstances. It doesn't make sense. It's not the peace that you should be experiencing where you're at, right? Like this is that yeah. peace that surpasses understanding. So and in that context, like have no anxiety about anything, but in everything in principification. Have your requests be made known to God. This is in verse four, uh, chapter four, verse six, and then in verse seven it says, "And the peace of God, which surpasses understanding." Well, and I forget the the English version for the rest of the verse, but you know it, we see where it comes from. If you are a place where you choose not to have anxiety, where you choose to have a grateful heart, 
then the peace of God is going to fill you in the midst of the, no matter your circumstances. It's going to be that peace that surpasses understanding. So it makes a lot of sense to, to um, ponder on these verses when you're in that place where you're trying to focus on having your mind not wander towards anxiety, like focus on not having anxiety, but just to praise God for what you can be grateful for and you will experience that peace of God. Yeah, yeah, that's amazing. I mean, I think of another, yeah, Paul's, Paul's words there about, um, you know, give every anxious thought to the Lord, you know, be anxious for nothing. Mm-hmm. And um, that's amazing. And I'm, I'm, I can imagine that there's multiple times a day uh, in your life or in the life of people, you know, working in the healthcare system where they literally have to let go of an anxious thought or have to surrender it, you know, and if mm-hmm. you're a Christ follower to be able to surrender it to the Lord is, um, is a wonderful gift. So how, maybe just to wrap this up, I was thinking, how can we pray? How can we be praying for you uh, in this season? And, and, and that reminds us to pray for others, maybe in a similar situation. Um, if I tie it back to my role as, as, as a mother, uh, I guess this is, um, I was talking a little bit at the beginning, how we are getting pulled. We have different responsibilities and callings and those can compete with one another in terms of the quantity of time we can spend or the focus that we can have and being particularly, um, called and, and, um, having a lot of responsibilities with my calling as a doctor, it made it such that it made, it, it's difficult for me to um, accept the limited role that I have as a mother. And it requires some surrendering for me um, to be able to let that part, uh, to, to, to trust that my children are not my children to keep, you know, like they, of course they're mine, but they are, the, you know, they were lent to me by God for the time being, and I have a role and responsibility towards them. But at the end of the day, they are God's children. They're not mine to keep. So um, it's just that remember, remembering that I do have a role to play, but I don't have to be their 100% parenting figure. Like they, well, of course they have a father, but they also have an eternal, uh, uh, a godly father that can uh, provide for a lot of their growing needs and their um, and their responsibility and the things that they need to be learning out of life. It doesn't all need to come from me. So I guess my prayer <laughs> that I would like to ask would be that God would continue to fill in the gaps of all those things that I cannot be for uh, for my children, I cannot be there twenty four seven. I cannot, you know. There are certain sometimes, you know, I I know there, and and it's difficult for me to accept these gaps. Um, and uh, I I need I, I need to continue to pray even for myself to be able to accept my own limitations that I have uh, uh, as as a mom. But um, I like I need to con- and I guess prayer, my the prayer would be also that God would fill that. The void that I sense, maybe there isn't a void, but I feel I, I think there might be. <laughs> so thank God would fill that gap and you know, would help me feel at peace about, yeah. about this. I'm sure, I'm sure you feel uh, the tension. You know, you call it a void, but the tension of of uh, following a calling that genuinely the Lord has has given you. And um, and then equally so your calling as a mom. Exactly. So I'm sure, uh, you know, you've shared with me off the camera a little bit of this calling for, for you know, being a doctor. So one day we're going to have to come back and do a part two here. Uh, just hear, hear how this all this came about and how you got called into medicine. So uh, will you do that one day? Will you come back and do that one day? Would that be good? Sure. Okay, sure. awesome. <laughs> awesome. 
Hey, thank you so much. We're going to pray for you uh, and we're going to pray for other moms that may be in different roles uh, or vocations, but also have the, the, the mothering vocation. So we're going to do that today um, for Mother's Day. Um, and so we're, but anyways, thank you so much for sharing, for being open, for being vulnerable. Um, thank you for doing what you do uh, as well on a day-to-day -day basis for, for really living into your calling um, and not shying back. I think you're a beautiful example of, of resilience, you know, of perseverance. And um, in a time when, uh, when working in the healthcare system can feel uh, scary, uh, you've pushed through and, you know, you're, you're there, you're showing up. And so I just want to thank you for that. That's inspiring. And we're praying that God would give you the strength and energy uh, to continue being both a doctor and a mom and a wife and uh, a woman and a follower of Christ and all these pieces that make you you. So thank you so much, Natalie. We so appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, God bless you. I hope that encouraged you today. Can we just pause a second, join me, and let's pray for her and others in her field right now. God, we pause. We're thankful for Natalie. We're thankful for the work she does. We're thankful for everyone in the healthcare system and those in also the caring system that might not be considered doctors, but that are assistants and caring for people. And uh, God, we just we lift them up to you in this season right now. We pray for energy and strength and wisdom and discernment and for their protection, God. And we're grateful, God, for her role as a mom as well in the middle of all this, um, what it means to be a doctor and that you would just encourage her in that. And I pray for all the moms, Lord, that whatever season or um, context they find themselves in, God, um, whatever challenges they may be facing, God, we bring them to you. We thank you for them, and we pray that you would continue to work in their lives and show yourself strong to them. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I mean, I noticed, I don't know if you noticed this, but Natalie said how in the middle of this, she pondered, she was pondering some scripture, how scripture came up um, in her mind, in her heart. And it just demonstrated to me a, a rootedness in her faith and in the reading and practice of reading of scriptures and how scripture then became a source of hope and comfort and strength for her. And then she said this, that, that, that you know, it's helped her to keep her eyes on Jesus um, and that line just really struck me as being so essential for all of us, um, any day, any time, any season, but particularly right now, to keep our eyes on Jesus. This is a theme throughout the whole scriptures. And there's a, a Psalm um, 141 verse 8 says about the Lord, but, I, but my eyes are fixed on you, sovereign Lord. In you I take refuge. Do not give me over to death. So here, even out of the Old Testament and in the Jewish scriptures, this, 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 this commitment, this posture to keep our eyes fixed on the Lord. And as Jesus becomes the climactic moment in God's story and God's son coming and incarnating into our world and then the cross and resurrection, we see the church come around Christ. And listen to how they describe their focus on Christ. Hebrews 12, let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. 
So as, as Natalie has experienced trusting in Christ, even in difficult moments, difficult days, difficult challenges, um, I pray that we, in similar ways as we take this, we read from Psalms or from Hebrews, this call as Christ followers to fix our eyes on Jesus. And that's so important for us. Maybe you're listening today and you're not a follower of Jesus or you're just exploring and you're hoping um, to have some kind of anchor in your lives. This is the invitation that when we come to know Christ, when we come to put our faith in him, when we come to discover that he shows us who God is and the promises that God has for us in his kingdom, as we walk day to day in that relationship, we have this invitation and then this empowerment from, from God's very own spirit to keep our eyes on Jesus. And that's the main idea I want to get across to us today. And I hope it, you'll see it even at the bottom of your screen. Keep our eyes on Jesus. Keep our eyes on Jesus. God, right now we root ourselves in you. We root ourselves in your love, in your life, in your kingdom, in your grace, in your cross, in your resurrection, in your purposes, in the vision that you give us for life in all of its fullness and the future that you call us to, God, one day. We root ourselves in you, Lord. And I pray, God, that this would be the story, the narrative that shapes us, that roots us, that guides us, that, that keeps us stable, walking with you every day, God, no matter what tomorrow may hold, no matter what today may bring, no matter what next week brings, God, we are rooted in you, God, and we hold on to you, God. We fix our eyes on your son, Jesus Christ, together. Amen. Let's, let's end with this prayer, and uh, we can read it together off the screen. In fact, we read this prayer together on Wednesday um, at a vision and budget meeting we had. We closed it off with this prayer, and it was such a beautiful reminder of what we're rooted in as a church community. So let's read it. Mighty God, in whom we know the power of redemption, you stand among us in the shadows of our time. As we move through every sorrow and trial of this life, uphold us with the knowledge of the final morning when, in the glorious presence of your risen Son, we will share in his resurrection, redeemed and restored to the fullness of life and forever freed to be your people. And let's all say it across the screens already. Amen.